When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Podcast Maneuver, the officially unofficial podcast for Star Trek Picard on Paramount Plus. I get confused sometimes. Uh, Aaron, we're here to do our season three, I guess, series wrap up um, for Picard. I I hear we have a pretty bulging feedback uh, mailbag. We do. It's true. We have Enterprise D size nacelles of feedback. Um. I also want to say that because uh, a lot of times I, when we're ending coverage of a show, I'm not exactly sure what I should tell people to follow us on next. But here the clear answer is Star Trek Strange New Worlds is coming back. Uh, we quite like the first season. We don't have public facing mm-hmm. coverage, but we were talking about it quite a bit on our premium show off the clock. Uh, we're very excited. This is like we were very skeptical about this show. You know, we promised to be the return to old Star Trek where they go to a new planet each week and get in some philosophical and moral quandaries that they have to solve uh but i'll be damned season one of star trek strange new worlds was pretty much classic star trek yeah no it was great i really enjoyed it i like um, the new captain i do yeah uh, uh i i i, I like, like I, I like everything about it i'm very except for maybe they're having a little bit too much fun with spock sex life yeah i, I gotta think that's mostly over though Season one, they got know. a lot of their systems. Season two, maybe less Spock sex. Star Trek's always been a, l- a little horny, uh, so I can forgive that. But if, that, if that's the greatest flaw of the show, it's not so bad. So that's coming back. It was June the boring 15th. kind of horny, is the problem. Like I, I'm yeah. okay with the exciting horny. It's the boring it's horny. Pon far work. fucking we could get down with, but there's a uh, yeah. Uh, they just didn't didn't quite know what to do with it. Um, Star Trek: Strange New Worlds returns to Paramount Plus June fifteenth, two thousand twenty-three, and we aim to give it weekly coverage. So if you like Picard, uh, I can't imagine. You not like in Strange New Worlds? Check it out. Uh, you can see the whole thing on Paramount Light right now, season one, and then we'll be back again June fifteenth for season two. Uh, any other thoughts we have for just kind of general wrap up? Organic. Let's get no, to the. I, uh, I bet we'll come across them in the feedback. See what the lower decks have to say, shall we? Hmm. Colin from Hamburg says, hope this isn't dry pie, but I wanted to get in on the USS New Jersey. I went through and I looked for some things that might be uh, some mistakes or some some uh, interesting behind the scenes that we might have missed. Because, um, like I said, we haven't done feedback all season long. This is the whole reason that the USS New Jersey, which you'll recall, is like, man, I don't recall the New Jersey being like a storied ship or whatever. Yeah. The whole reason is it's in a show as a deep cut from the next generation. In the episode Relics, which you'll remember is where they've discovered Scotty marooned on a Dyson sphere. Uh, Picard says he's familiar with the Constitution class starships because he saw the USS New Jersey at the Starfleet Fleet Museum. 
Boom. Okay. There was the USS New Jersey. When the Fleet Museum was shown, it's there. Uh, but there's actually more depth to it than that. You were also asking where they got the 1701A. Oh, there's actually no more depth to it than that. You're also asking mm. where they got the 1701A. The A was the starship that arrived at the end of Star Trek VI. It was a replacement for the one that went down over SETI Alpha 5 in Star Trek Three. Since we never saw its destruction and Star Trek Generation showed the launching of the new 1701B, the fucking Excelsior class, <laughs> it makes sense that maybe the A was just retired and put in the Fleet Museum. So here's the interesting right. thing, Colin. I know that. Um... Like, I know that in a very deep way. I was like a subscriber to uh, Starlog magazine, and there was a whole article about um, the new NCC-1701 and what ship it might have gotten, you know, to, uh, what ship it might have gotten re-registered under and all this other stuff. And I can't believe I got that wrong. I hypothesize that in the copy that we got the screener copy that it did say ncc 1701 without the a and they corrected that in the broadcast but i can't go back because like we only get to see the screeners for a set amount of time and those Mm -hmm. have already expired so i i either had a massive brain fart or there's a f they, they they cleaned up the texture of the hull uh, you can you can decide you can decide which one is better. But like, yeah, thank yeah. If I if 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 uh, I would hate for people to think that uh, uh, the NCC. I don't know. I don't even know. Like, this is such a minute Trek thing. But I got I got offended <laughs> that I got it wrong. Is what I'm saying, Colin. Hmm. Offended yourself. I fucking outplayed myself. Uh, Sarah said, I wanted to take a second to try to clear up some of the confusion about the ending of Deep Space Nine and what happened to the Changelings. Remember, we were confused about, uh, it seemed like they were retconning that Starfleet um, didn't want to give them and it was accidentally given and was stolen. You know, we had that kind of question about how did the founders get cured? Hmm. In season four of Deep Space Nine, Odo visits Earth with Cisco, where he's infected with the morphogenic virus. Um, and in hopes of if he communicates with the founders again, it will spread to them. In season seven, when the virus is discovered, it's Dr. Bashir who figures out in section 31 intended or infected Odo with the virus and demands that he get the cure so he can cure Odo. Starfleet denies the request, saying they're afraid the cure could fall into the hands of the founders. And the higher ups of Starfleet Medical deny Bashir's request for any files on Odo. Bashir uses Cisco to request information as he has a security clearance required to access the information, but Section 31 sends over only the data that Dr. Bashir had had sent to them prior to Odo being infected. The bamboozle doesn't work, so Bashir, knowing that Section 31 is determined to not let the cure fall into the hands of Dominion, works with O'Brien to lure Sloan, an agent from Section 31 that's been trying to recruit Bashir through three seasons. I remember that one. By pretending he has come up with the cure for the morphogenic virus. Sloan comes to visit Bashir, where he is captured by Bashir and O'Brien using force fields, and ultimately they inception him and get the information needed to create the cure. Bashir obviously provides a cure to Odo, and in the finale, Odo himself is the one that provides a cure against the wishes of Starfleet to the founders on the condition that the female changeling who's been heading up the war against the Alpha Quadrant stand trial and face consequences for the actions of the founders. She agrees and is taken off to stand trial, Odo provides a cure to the Great Link and it heals his people. Hmm. Um, so as the backstory, Starfleet is terrified they'd not be able to beat the founders and were comfortable enough to allow the genocide of the changelings have ended the Dominion War. I thought this was interesting. Um, I really hated that female founder 
when I was a kid. But thinking back, it's kind of this is a very morally gray ending to the Dominion War, which be, which which really fits Deep Space Nine because they are holding yeah. a collective, they're holding an individual and a collective species uniquely responsible for this war. And it seems like that Starfleet's reckoning, like, honestly, we should put you all on trial, but we can't. So we're going to give one, like, scapegoat, a sacrificial goat, so we can bring you all in at at, at some point in the future. Hmm. Because yeah. somebody's got to take the fall for it. Uh, for sure. And DS9 was always better about, you know, those complex uh, moral gray areas. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, d- definitely, like, I'm not... I, I understand why you hated that changeling, because they are, yeah, she was like... chief antagonist, and such a such a terrible uh, uh, being. Yeah, totally. I mean, the, the, the only reason the war is happening is because they want to conquer, you know? That, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And sure, you can say, oh, well, they have this sad backstory where they're all, you know... Uh, everybody's got damaged brother by yeah yeah that doesn't mean you could take it out on everybody else so yeah um and then also it clears up because like it seems like from the federation's perspective at this day let it slip that they just benefic beneficently um uh let the founders have the cure when they're on the brink of death when mm-hmm. reality is what actually happened in deep space science so picard thinks the cover story is true that like oh well, we we also gave you the cure no you didn't it was stolen you asshole Mm-hmm. So thanks for clearing that up for us, Kara, or Sarah, rather. Red alert. Here comes an ad break. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's boldly go back to the episode. Welcome back to the podcast maneuver. Uh, Giovanna's up next says, as nice it was to see Tuvok and Roe, I'm kind of bummed that the Deep Space Nine characters aren't getting the same kind of love. The plot was a central focus of the last several seasons of Deep Space Nine, but they're bringing back cameos from every season series but them. Renee has passed away, but Bashir, O'Brien, even Garrick would have been perfect. Deep Space Nine was always the middle child of Star Trek, and it shows. I want to talk about this first. Yeah. I mean, you had Worf, which isn't nothing. This well, is a little bit of Worf erasure, but he's also but, the TNG guy. Yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. Like, they... they reverse engineered their way into a DS9 cameo with Worf because he happened to also be on DS9. Yeah, and I hear you. So here's the thing. I don't know that it's... it. I, Giovanna, I actually think that they would have been open to having some Deep Space Nine cameos. I mean, they did kind of have Odo had a little bit of a Deep Space Nine cameo. He was not named but heavily implied to be the source was feeding wharf information about this offset offshoot of the, the, the founders. I have been watching a lot of behind the scenes, Star Trek stuff because it's like, you know, TikTok it starts figuring out what you like. And I started watching a whole bunch <laughs> of like cast interviews with Jonathan Frakes and 
you know, uh, Brent Spiner, and it just keeps, and I keep on getting to like um, people telling stories about Deep Space Nine. And it just seems like Deep Space Nine wasn't a very happy show. A lot of the crew had a lot of the same conflicts the TNG cast. There was a lot of sexism. There was a lot of like favoritism. There was a lot of people unhappy with their roles. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, the Next Generation crew just had a ball working. Like even when things were going bad, they were laughing. They were having a good time. They supported each other in a mm-hmm. way that the Deep Space Nine cast doesn't seem like they did. And uh, Avery Brooks, uh, especially, I don't think, wants to have anything to do with it <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, for whatever, you know, reason. And um, like Terry, what's um, Pharrell? Pharrell left under very bad circumstances. Nana Visitor mm-hmm. hated the show, hated Rick Berman. Um, like you can maybe get Quark. <laughs> Armin Shimmerman, sure. Uh, I don't know. I want. I I don't know how um, Bashir. Uh, shit. I just uh, uh, Alexander Sadiq. Alexander if Sadiq, you believe yeah. the but, later yeah, credits of yeah, he, he's got many many names. I mm-hmm. I actually think that there that it was. I I don't think that the the mo the majority of the Deep Space Nine cast wants anything to do with Star Trek. And it's it's if you look at their con appearances, you never see like the full bridge crew of Deep Space Nine appearing together. It's always like Nana Visitor. Mm-hmm. Or arm, yeah. It's it's never like they'll they'll get Jake, the actor who played Jake, but they there's never sure. any of like the full crew, or at least that's my impression. So I, I actually think it's like it's just it's just hard to get that crew back together. It's amazing too because I the, the chemistry is as good as anything on TNG between I the agree. actors, like on screen. The on screen so, stuff sings, yeah, yeah. It's. I think that is it, though. Like the, it was not the storied friendship that everyone on TNG had, and so it's just hard to get those people together to agree to do things. Yeah. But I mean, they didn't really do it with Voyager much here, right? You've got Tuvok and Seven. Seven course, is like, a main character, and she, you know, like, and they they reference Janeway, Admiral Janeway. Yeah, but they don't get Kate uh, Mulgrew back. Right. So, like, I, I imagine. Look, these are all actors who have done other things and probably don't want to be known just for Star Trek in most cases. Um, but yeah, I mean, you get who you can get. And maybe Star Trek was a little bit more special, the next generation, because it was the first one that kind of came back and it was messy and things changed a lot and the actors had a lot of power. To, whereas maybe in Deep Space Nine, these others were kind of a, a machine. You know, Could like be, they had yeah. already had and they like it was actors, like you know, coming into an established thing. And like, I, I, but I don't know. I think it was a lot of it was the personalities involved, too, and the the way those things were handled. So because uh, like otherwise, yeah, this did feel like a really nice send off for all. Like this was kind of like they're they're crossing all T's like they were even given DAP to Enterprise, you know. Yeah, it's so. weird. I, I, I didn't feel like I needed any Voyager in my farewell to picard i i feel like if they're gonna fans sure sure but i also feel like i didn't need ds9 and i'm a big ds9 fan so if they were gonna do ds9 stuff i wanted it to be in another show with a character from ds9 right that's what i because you could make this well this is this is the tng show but the thing is is they kind of weakened that by having so many homages to the other it did feel like a general like star trek Uh, celebration I agree, you know. which I don't think it should have been. I think it should have been just a celebration of Picard and his crew. 
Uh, Giovanna continues, I was so upset that they killed Shaw. I was hoping for some spinoff action from him. They can't, look, look, they can spin him off. We, we talked about it. Uh-huh, positronic Sex, bodies. The Daystrom black site can have his corpse stored mm-hmm. and freeze-dry. Like, we, we, we got that. Although, flipping the keys to seven feels pretty definitive. Yeah, it would really undercut the emotional punch of that scene if he just comes back. And takes the Titan back over, yeah. Or even um, if he doesn't, even if he's just alive. Like, his dying mm, words, his post, his posthumous words here are this, and then they bring him back? Yeah. Uh, she says also, someone needs to start a hashtag justice for Alexander campaign because Wesley's getting shout-outs, but everyone's completely forgotten the Wharf has a kid, too. <laughs> uh-huh this is I mean, very true does, right i mean wharf leaves him so i just got to the wharf episode the first wharf episode of ds9 he just he left alexander with his grandparents apparently right. i yeah. don't know if that is still true at the end of ds9 but i assume i'm kind of curious to see if they did they ever alexander never visited deep space nine if i recall correct i don't remember him on it but i couldn't swear yeah. Also, in the, there's a third season episode of The Next Generation where Worf takes an orphan into his family, like in do, does this uh, Klingon uh, honor ceremony, and that never went anywhere mm-hmm. either. Like, is Worf <laughs> like a big deadbeat galactic deadbeat dad? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he likes making them. Don't like taking care of them, but uh, yeah. Or yeah, maybe the 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 Roshinkos? Is that what their name is? The Roshinkos oh, are just such remember. great natural parents and they're so good at it. The Worf's just like, oh, fuck it. I'm a mess. Yeah, have all my kids. Uh, in, a, in the end, Giovanna says, I had a nostalgia boner the entire time. 14-year-old me has never been happier. The plot's kind of crazy if you ask too many questions, but I loved it anyway. That's the key. Mm-hmm. That's the, And you know, that's that's never not been true. Like, show me a Star Trek series that's not crazy go cocoa nuts if you really start breaking down the techno babble and the plots. Oh yeah. Uh, Wayne says it feels like the writer's room is intent on adding as much nostalgia this season as possible. I wonder if they'll find a way to bring Q back to snap the Borg away much <laughs> like he was the one to introduce humanity to them. Now you did get full credits, but this came out around episode seven and I got to give you some because mm-hmm. I would have bet heavily against Q coming back. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't do anything of consequence, but he sets up a potential future. And you got him in the most dramatic way possible. You won them in a post-credit series, Mm post-credit series sequence. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, Todd talks about the the Borg um, biological virus. He goes, it's not that crazy if you think about it. It's actually just a continuation of this thread. And he linked me to a Memory Alpha article called Nanoprobe Virus. He says the history is definitely there for the Borg playing the slow game to finally meet their end game. Uh, teaming up with changelings, that's the part that doesn't track for me. I read this article, and there's a section here that says the nanoprobe virus was a technology developed by the Borg Queen in the year 2375 as a way to gradually assimilate the human race after the failure of two direct attempts. The plan involved detonating a biogenic charge in Earth's atmosphere, upon which the virus would begin to infect all life forms, primarily species 5618. Humans. The process of assimilation would be so gradual that half the planet's population would be turned into drones by the time anyone realized what was happening. The Borg Queen revealed the plan to an abducted Seven of Nine and ordered her to perform uh, to reprogram the nanoprobes, but uh, due to her knowledge of humans. However, Seven refused. This is from Voyager Dark Frontier. So, 
Apparently, this has been an invasion plan the Borg have been working on since mid-season, uh, mid-seasons of Voyager. Due to her knowledge of humans, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Right. You're telling How me many... they've never assimilated a single human aside from Seven uh-huh. of Nine and Locutus of Borg? Yeah, but her unique understanding of humanity, <laughs> which she barely had. Yeah, well, you know, Voyager. That's dumb. Um, That's dumb. Anyway, yeah, you're I appreciate right. you. Uh, I appreciate you cluing us into that, Todd. That's uh, that's a nice mm-hmm. little little touch. Uh, Craig from the UK says, "I gotta gush about that last ten minutes of episode six. I don't care if it's contrived. I don't care if it didn't quite live up to the hype. But my God, I was on the edge of my seat with tears in my eyes, feeling like a kid again. In the last ten seconds, best ten seconds of my life." I saw my first love again, and she was beautiful. Uh, Craig, this is beautiful. It's also a little sad, uh, but I, I feel you, so I'm right there with you. <laughs> Which, what is the end of episode six? No, nine. Nine. It's when oh, the, the, the Enterprise okay. is revealed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, you said six. I was very confused. But yes. Did I? Yes, God those... damn it. That's a wild type of dyslexia to just transpose a number vertically like that. Um <laughs> Brian wanted to share two quick things. First, in retrospect, the credits have been flashing the Borg all season long with their first contact soundtrack. True. Mm-hmm. True. We were completely out the Borg scent, though. Addition to Allison Pill being involved in the finale, it would also make sense the remainder of your Romulan fleet sent by Sela would arrive to assist. So, do you remember who Sela is? Sela no. is the half Romulan, half human spawn of alternate dimension Tasha Yar. Okay, okay. The the blonde Romulan mm-hmm. Tasha Yar. There was a lot of theories involving the return of Sela because, you know, Picard has been about the Romulans as much as it's been about anything over its mm-hmm. three seasons. And if they had the Romulans coming in to kind of like save the federation that this would kind of like bring them into the fold the same way that the klingons are brought into the fold in the tng era mm-hmm. um and i'm kind of surprised they didn't do anything with that yeah seems a natural conclusion considering what picard was doing with the romulans in episode or season one I mean, he was i wonder if the denise crosby to save them i wonder if denise crosby's like nah fuck you i'm i'm i got my walking dead residuals now i don't, I don't need you yeah I don't know. You cut because they fucking did her one. dirty. Uh-huh. But she was willing to come back for many, many episodes. She, you know, she guest True. appeared on the episode where presumably she mothered Sela, and then she came back as Sela for many episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But eh, we didn't get it. John G says, I didn't love this season of Picard the way you guys and so many seem to. It's clearly leaps and bounds better than the previous seasons, but as much as I enjoy some things in it, for example, Worf, I can't quite click with it. However, I just want to say several times in this season, Jim has turned me around on particular scenes. I don't know what he's doing. He's literally just describing the same scenes as I watch, <laughs> but seeing it through his eyes, hmm. uh, the way he's describing it, I'm bumping scenes up a whole letter grade. Things I didn't like at first. What is this magic, Jim? What magic do you possess? I don't know. I wish I knew because I would harness it better and I would do that every scene. But I feel like I maybe it's my natural love for these characters and my willingness to overlook some of the sillier stuff in some of these scenes in favor of the nostalgia that is helping this you. nostalgia goggles for sure and yeah. maybe john you want to see it that way but you can't quite because you're just a little bit more grown up and calcified than than jim is and i am 
but like we are able to just in the same way that like sometimes I can access the purity of my youth through seeing my son experience things like when he was a little kid like maybe we're the mm-hmm. little kids that allow you to experience your authentic Trek love and I mean the the stated mission of our podcasts uh, it's our what 15 year mission at this point is to mm-hmm. just be there to talk with you about TV shows like your friends would and yeah. so maybe like when you're watching it, you're not feeling it quite as much. But when you sit down and you talk with your friends, a.k.a. us, now suddenly it hits a little bit better, right? Oh, that used to happen all the time when I'd go when we mm-hmm. we'd go out with our friends to see a movie. Sometimes I didn't, you know, I wasn't there. It would either cement my position or it would undermine and influence my position to hear everybody else. So, Sure. Uh, Todd has a thought regarding line of sight propagation. Yeah, it's dumb, it's stupid, but honestly, there's a far simpler way to accomplish breaking the Titan out of the Borg network, and I'm shocked they didn't lean into the solution at least once, because there are a number of occasions it could have been used to solve a number of plot twists. You see, Seven of Nine still has functional assimilation tubules. Ooh, wow. Tubules. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds dirty. Uh, <laughs> and over the course of her run on Voyager, she's used those tubules in a number of occasions to astromech her way out of problems for herself or the ship. Those are those kind of wrist fangs that mm-hmm. they introduced the Borg having in first contact. The break out of the Borg network, I was fully expecting her to walk over the ops console, inject her tubules into it, and through the magic of her nanoprobes, override the network control while still giving the illusion that they were integrated. Doing so would no doubt lead to surprise looks from the ragtag crew in which she could quip something to effect of hardware over software, but the effects are temporary. Who knows how long before they adapt, bring up the prefix code, blah, blah, blah. Literally anything would have been better than line of sight propagation. Did they sometimes forget that Seven actually is still in many ways a Borg? Maybe. It's hard to forget given the look of her face, but... Yeah, and her hand... And her hand, yeah, but I guess. Um, I want to say that there was something in the first season where they mentioned that she had gone through a little bit more deborgification and maybe they had taken some of these abilities away, but that's just something teasing the back of my mind. I, I tried to look to see if I could substantiate that while I was doing research for the feedback, but uh, yeah, no, I thought... Uh, I, I thought it was weird that she doesn't have a little bit of Picard's being able to hear the Borg kind of whisper effects that he seems to have. But then again, they also showed that they uniquely fucked with Picard in a way they apparently don't do any other human drone. So mm-hmm. Steve J says, is it just me or is I the only one who thought the shuttlecraft at the end was going to come up over the bow of a newly christened USS Picard? Seemed like we're far enough through the alphabet. The Enterprise name can be retired. I don't know about that. Seems like you should always have an Enterprise in Star Trek, but I kind of thought a USS Picard would be the way this ends too. How how you end Picard the series? Yeah, I mean he's already a machine. Just turn him into a starship. Do they? Is it a thing in the Navy where they will christen a ship of a living person? Oh, I don't know. All the names I'm trying I can to think, think of, of like. like yeah, like the Gerald Ford, Ronald Reagan, those guys were all dead mm-hmm. when they were built and certainly christened. Um, is there a, something about, like, you can't name a ship after a living person? I would think that that would be a good, because, like, how do you know they're not going to disgrace themselves? <laughs> sure, sure. Like, the Continental Army uh, Navy might have been really hot to have a USS Benedict <laughs> Arnold 
Mm-hmm. But well, that would have not looked good in in, in hindsight. Um, yeah, be. I thought that'd have been a good a good way to end things too. But maybe that's that's the deal. Shields up! Here come the ads. Ensigns, welcome back to the podcast maneuver. Uh, Jim from Naples says, Come some questions. What happened to the Girati Borg? Were they just in a different timeline or just irre- irrelevant? Um, from my research, and I did not get this at all from watching the series, but we were intended to understand that Girati was leading a splinter faction of the Borg that were stranded interdimensionally during the Q time fuck shift thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and that these Borg went back to the 21st century and quote unquote stayed out of the way of history, which is, I think, a a, a, a quote for what Riker had for what the plans that they were going to do, what, what the crew of the Enterprise were going to do on Earth in first contact. It's if very they un- to... un-Borg-like, but okay. Yeah, they're just going to go out and uh and 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 li- and 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 live out away from history. Um and then they got a new queen of the Jurati, but they yeah, there are now two separate factions of Borg if not more. The Jurati faction led by the Jurati Borg uh queen and the classic Borg queen led by Alex Kreej. So yeah, and the the Kreej the Kreej ones are destroyed, and the Jurati ones are still out there, but hopefully, like, changed enough that they won't be a huge problem. Yeah, wasn't the changeling board connection rather tenuous? The founders and Vadek seemed like they were set up as the big baddies and dropped about two thirds through the season. I don't know how gracefully they did this, but this is a very I, I thought they did enough to tell the story for me that you had this bioweapons essentially built by the Federation and were tortured and and conditioned to hate the Federation and that they would do anything to take it down, even hooking up with something that's antithetical to their way of life, the Borg. Um, And then the Borg just betrayed, like they were just using them all along. So they didn't care that the, um, that the, the founders died. Oh, the person that Vedic was talking to this whole time was the Borg Queen. Isn't That's gotta it? be. Because now I'm thinking about what that fucked up founder face looked like. If you think about what the Borg Queen looked like, her skeletal face, it's very similar to that. Mm. So yeah, the I'd Borg Queen has been at. the big bad the entire time. I guess so. So this is like Palpatine using uh, uh, who was uh, uh, Christopher Lee uh, Dooku. Dooku, mm-hmm. like just like all along, it like he did like if Dooku lived and defeated Anakin, then he's the best apprentice. If he dies and Anakin, then it's like he doesn't care either way. Like I think that's how you got to think about the Borg feeling. And and I think that the they did enough to tell the story of the founders being so desperate and so hurt that they would do anything. They would get in bed with the Scorpion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Huh. I'll have I to mean, go back and look at that face and see if I think it's Borgish. Yeah. Not, it's like I mean, once... it could just be like they're working with, you know, a uh, part of a, the faction of the founders that wants the Federation destroyed that we haven't dealt with fully, you know, and it's yeah. going to go on to another series of Star Trek. 
Yeah, it's a shame we're gonna have a wrap up wrap up podcast where we get to the bottom of this. But that's that's my that's <laughs> uh-huh. my thought. Maybe we can t- talk about it on Discord or the forums. Um, Tuvok was killed. Oh no, so sad. Just kidding. Your thoughts? Um, I didn't. I don't. I don't. I'm not a big Voyager fan, so I didn't feel jerked around. No. Tuvok's death didn't feel like a big death to me. Nope. Is that crazy? Nope. I'm I'm not a Voyager fan either. I couldn't care less. Yeah. So I, he's on the same level as like a Rafi to me, honestly. Yeah, I was trying to think of like who is the equivalent, like Rom. Wait, wait, I, I like Rom more, yeah, than I like Tuvok by far. Yeah. Same. I was trying to think of like anyone on Deep Space Nine mm-hmm. that is at the level of Tuvok, and I'm like, God damn, like yeah, I don't like anybody on on the 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 Voyager. I never felt affection for any of those fuckers, and that's why I stopped watching it ultimately. Exactly because they they didn't have that that uh, repertoire between the characters. I, I stuck through well into season three, and it's just like because mm-hmm. like I, I was I was kind of my whole deal is like yeah, Star Trek's take a while to to, to gel, and they just yep. never gelled, man. It's like they had all these great concepts of like oh Maki and he's a Native American and. You mm-hmm. got a, you know, a fucking hedgehog with a hot wife and you got a, the first female <laughs> wait, captain wait, a and a black. And it's wife. just like and, and, and a, and a half human, half uh, uh, the Klingons, like a lot of that. I don't know. Like. Who oh, is the hedgehog? Just, just, is Neelix a hedgehog? Neelix. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. He's got that moment. And then they killed his yeah. hot wife. And I'm like, who the fuck cares? So like, yeah, I don't, I don't. <laughs> I, I I never never gelled with the the the, the Voyager crew. Yep, same um, here. Except it, for Robert Picardo, I loved Robert Picardo in that show, but he stood alone. He was oh right. The, yes, the Doctor was the best uh-huh, part. The yeah, yeah, he the best he was part. fantastic, and I would love to see him in more stuff. But everybody yeah. else, I could take or leave. And I don't think they ever knew what to do with him either, because they kept on there's like I think they tried to ship him with everybody in the show. And it's just like they clearly had like, yeah, he's kind of like him and seven were the breakout hits, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um great thought about Tuvok and Seven. We only spent seven years in deep space together, and who are you again? We got no Cisco, no Janeway. Um yeah, I, I guess I don't think you're ever gonna see Avery Bray, uh, Brooks. He did he refused to participate in the documentary on the Deep Space Nine. I don't know what mm-hmm. his deal, whether like I need to look in this more because like Avery, I know Avery Brooks is a very politically involved man. He has a very he had a very distinct thought about his role and his position as a black actor in the nineties and changing uh you know stereotypes and how people perceive like black men and black fathers in particular but i don't think he had any affection for the material and mm-hmm. he was like a perfect like he would clock in do the job and I, I don't know if he has an animosity or if it's just like he thinks it's 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 like hey yeah i i, I cared about showing a, a a strong relationship between a black man and his son and I did that and everything else can go fuck off. I don't I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But like, I just know that he is not ever in any of this shit. Um, and I feel like they lose that thread of his character more as they go into the later seasons. Like it becomes less prominent. Um, yeah. And so I can see him like becoming maybe resentful of the work because it's very apparent early on in but Deep Jake Space becomes, Nine. Yeah. Well, it's very apparent early on in Deep Space Nine that uh Cis, the, the Avery Brooks is being reined in by the directors like 
<laughs> he's giving a performance that says i want to do more with this and it's yeah i don't always think it's appropriate it's a lot it's, of weird decisions in my very mind bombastic yeah but he wants to do something more and by season three it seems like they have broken him and he is captain cisco and i think it works better mm. when he is playing captain cisco than when he is trying to be avery brooks in this character but I could see him being dissatisfied with that. Interesting. I thought you were saying that they went away with it because, like, I thought the Jake and uh, Cisco stuff always worked really well, and like, Jake turned into like his own man, you know, like, uh huh, yeah, a pretty good one. So it's like, it's like, yeah, they they change because he's no longer the father of a little boy; he's the father of a young man. But um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I honestly don't know. But like, I I I would have bet money that Cisco doesn't appear at the beginning of this season if you'd said that there was money on the line. Mm-hmm. Um. Jay from Rhode Island says, wouldn't the christening of the Enterprise G take away from the legacy, the Titan? Why wouldn't they just make a totally new ship into the Enterprise and allow for the Titan to continue to make its mark on the galaxy? Um, Telling you, man, I wanted to see a whole new class of ship for the next Enterprise. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, usually, like, they've done this before, like, uh, uh, the defiant there's was destroyed in deep space nine and they got a new defiant is the uss san pablo which is funny they're sand pebbles was there an episode <laughs> of deep space nine called sand pebbles where they made i bet they made light of that there has to be i bet there now is that, yeah now that we we just last week re- reviewed that uh, the sand pebbles movie uh, where the they've got Steve like McLean the jim hadar as crew members keeping the engines running or something <laughs> <laughs> no, it'd have to be Ferengi. They'd have to hire the Ferengi. Oh, they're the local they're the local help. Uh-huh. Um uh-huh. Yeah, that's funny. Uh I don't know. Like it's it's always I, I, I is is what is the legacy of the Titan? It's Riker's ship? Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's a fairly modern legacy. I don't I don't feel like it has like a legacy legacy. You know, it's got like right. Riker according to uh lower decks, Riker used to be the captain and we see him on on the ship a couple times but it's a couple mm. times it's not like there's this big history storied adventures that went on and stuff but i don't know i can see it, it being a riker ship and being promoted to enterprise makes that a little bit easier for me i could see riker greasing the wheels like i think riker think it's really cool that his what like yeah. his first command gets turned into the enterprise later yeah yeah i, I think, think he so could, too yeah I, I could see him thinking that's that's really fucking cool uh alex says the lack of book there's a couple random points he had the lack of bookending of the relationship with laris in season three was jarring a post-credit mm-hmm. scene with them reuniting him him putting a picture of young jack crusher with laris telling us uh, saying tell me about your friend jack crusher could easily been done while still skipping through the second post-credit scene with q as is what's wild is that they had her in the beginning they addressed the fact that her and picard were together and mm-hmm. like the, when they parted, it wasn't like we're never going to see each other again and I'm going to replace you with all my old friends. It was kind of like, do your thing and come back to me. Yeah. And they never, never. And uh, I think it's because they wanted that ending for Picard to be with his crew. Right. But you could have. I almost wish this had taken place on the vineyard and that Laris had just been there with them. I would have accepted that. I didn't need it to be only the crew. Yeah, because then you could see that, like, you know, Beverly and Picard are fine not together. They've had their uh-huh. lives, and they're happy with their lives. It's 
I don't know. It's I, Laris has always been a mistake. I never. It's mm-hmm. like this whole show is there. Like uh, it, at its worst, was them fishing around for something to make Picard relevant. Like, oh, I regret never loving anyone. Oh, I have mommy issues that are unresolved. Oh, what's my? <laughs> I regret never having my a Jumanji. Kid. Yeah. Sin- yeah, it's like it's like all these things that they were trying to figure out and. The thing that worked is, yeah, bringing back Beverly, them having a son, him figuring out that he now like has a new lead. Like, again, I don't know that I buy it, but like it's it's yeah, well attested to that having kids changes people. Um, So, yeah, like I I think that's this is the one thing that like doesn't fuck with my conception of Picard because he is changing as a man. He's not the Mm -hmm. same person. He's he's literally changing. So um, I think they did Laris dirty and. I would feel madder about it, but the real thing is they shouldn't have done her at all. <laughs> you can we say should, that I should so many Picard characters. True. <laughs> yeah. El, there should not be a Laris or Elnor entry on <laughs> no. Memory Alpha. I'm sorry. It, sh- it shouldn't. It should Maybe not Soji. Rafi. Maybe not Soji. Definitely not Soji. Ooh, Rafi, I don't know. Rafi showed me Have some you come stuff around on Rafi? I kind of came around on Old Snake Leaf. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I want her introducing uh <laughs> introducing Picard to uh, Worf to a bong. Uh-huh. Yeah. A, a warrior's device, uh he would say. <laughs> uh also really no way to include Whoopi in the final scene given that she was around for season 2. Yeah. That's another one. Like I don't care if it cost a million dollars to get Whoopi Goldberg to the set for one fucking hour of shooting. Like all, all, even all they needed is just her giving them side eye as she's cleaning a glass from the bar. Like that would have been mm-hmm. enough. That would have been perfect. And it kind of sucks. I didn't get that. Uh, finally, I think seven of nine's catchphrase should be comply. <laughs> <laughs> comply. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Con punching a new course. Come to uh, Mark three, one, four bearing 73 warp seven comply. I can see it. Isn't that what the uh, navigator used to say to the kid on Flight of Navigator? Compliance. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember yeah. that phrase. I, I I I haven't I haven't heard anything better. Let's let's put it that way, Alex. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll go with that. We'll see. I don't know. I, I I'm kind of. <laughs> <laughs> we we will add your biological distinctiveness to our own. It's a bit of a mouthful, but. Hmm. I uh, I'm I'm curious that this whole Star Trek legacy thing that they keep hinting at. Um, mm-hmm. I I wish they could find a way to make it a reality because I love the idea of a new Enterprise that has coincidental runnings in with all of the crew from the old series that are still alive, and they just continue to find a way to. And then you could give you could give these these really great send offs to Deep Space Nine and Voyager if you wanted to. Can make Avery Brooks a, a sweetheart Godfather deal that he can't refuse. Yeah, fucking Chekhov is still alive. That's why I was I was kind of excited when I heard you know President Chekhov. Yeah. It's like, oh, are they gonna have a Chekhov cameo in this? Because they could. They could. He's have. fucking yeah. old, but he's still alive. Yeah. Uh, what if they got William Shatner? You imagine if they got William Shatner? He's not dead. I, no, Kirk is dead. I don't. They got I, his body. You're right. They do have his body, Positronic Kirk. They got Positronic Kirk. Mm-hmm. Square off against Positronic Picard. 
That would be hilarious. <laughs> is at, at, at the end of Strange New Worlds, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when when Pike has his pr- a, hit, a hideous pr- premonition and he gets crippled and they're gonna play like the last scene of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I want to see. 93 year old William Shatner show up on the bridge in his gold uniform. Oh God, his was... gold velour uniform. And just, and, and, and no one, and everyone act like he's still like, er, like early thirties, young. And he just sits down sure. and talks to talks to they, they get, they get a young DeForest Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get, they get a young McCoy. They got the young Spock and he just, it's like, that's it. That's just like, he just, yeah, that's of course <laughs> Star Trek just keeps going on. Uh-huh. No explanation of why Kirk looks so fucking old. <laughs> sure. Well, we got it. Okay, we're picking up our new captain from uh uh Javaron J- Javaron 5. Mm-hmm. But here's the mm-hmm. thing, he just is recovering from an aging virus, an aging oh, retrovirus. Yeah. And in another week or two, he'll be back to normal, but he's he looks like he's a Terran of his in the mid 90s. <laughs> and they pick him up, it's just fucking Bill Shatner. He's <laughs> got hanging out. Been- ravaged by a by a aging virus he's inexplicably riding a horse because that's the only way bill shatner would come back to star trek if they let him ride a horse again mm-hmm. so they're like you know and he yeah, gets to keep the horse after yeah 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 he's got hit by a polyphasic virus that ages him and makes him inexplicably love horses and uh you're gonna pick it he'll be fine in a week by the time mm-hmm. star trek classic season one episode one starts he'll be back to normal but for now he looks like he's 95 and he's riding a horse okay yeah i would i could totally get down with that i've seen weirder uh, for god's sake the tng crew devolved into slugs and reptiles and shit so yeah barkley turned into a spider what what the <laughs> fuck common ancestor did humans have with a spider eh barkley Kind of makes sense. I, I do. I do say that I, I. I'm never sure if Star Trek did more to break me out of my religious thought or keep me in, because some of the things they had mm-hmm. to say about evolution were just, yeah. Honestly, the Bible's more believable. Some of that stuff. Uh, do you have anything else you want to say in terms of wrap up? Because we we just got done with all of the uh, relevant feedback. Um. I. I. You know. Ultimately, Picard was a mild success. Um, it, it's like every other Star Trek series. It took two seasons to find its footing. Those mm. seasons were mo- mostly garbage. And in season three, it found its stride, and I it really enjoyed it. Yeah, it grew a beard. Um, so I, I think ultimately like I'm fine with Picard existing. It didn't do damage too much to the old uh, TV series, and I'll still be able to watch that and say, yeah, this is where picard kind of ended for me if i want to but then i can go and i can watch this third season and be like yeah that's pretty good yeah i can't imagine watching any of the other seasons uh, maybe the first and last episode of the first season because i did quite like the moments where picard is interacting with the de-aged brent spiner data those are some really uh-huh. good scenes um but but yeah I, I i agree i don't know i don't know why i mean Look, they couldn't have all been this season, right? You can't get the whole crew back every season. Although, I, maybe why not? I don't know why you can't. I, yeah, do this. Yeah, season why couldn't they all been this good? Then, yeah, they I could. Feeling, they absolutely could. I have a feeling it's 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 three or four of the twenty-seven executive producers of this show not being involved <laughs> in this season, being involved in the other season, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm going to be definitely uh, have my ear to grind out for that. But yeah, I. 
You're right. I mean, they did no harm. Uh, the one thing I was afraid yeah. of that they would fuck up something like about Picard's character that would just change the way I see him forever or fuck up the universe like J.J. Abrams did and like split shit off into some crazy time. They, they didn't they didn't fuck up anyone's canon. And I think uh-huh. what they got up to in this last season was. You know, again, I I, I can't expect uh like I, I didn't ask my kid to sit down and watch this with me because I think he would see this as rightfully so pretty thin stuff. But boy, if you were a child of the 80s or 90s and if you like Star Trek, um, it was pretty easy to like this season. And the other delightful is like the all the old cast and crew still got it, man. Yeah. Nobody embarrassed themselves showing up to the set. Like Absolutely all the chemistry not. is intact. All the in timing. fact, they made me appreciate them more. I I think they've grown as actors. Um, I, I think the stuff they did in TNG, with the exception of maybe Patrick Stewart, was not super impressive. It was good. It was enjoyable, but it wasn't impressive. And people like LeVar Burton, Gates McFadden, that really impressed me with what they could do in this season. Yeah, I think LeVar Burton maybe um, has definitely grown and polished. I... I thought Gates. I always thought Gates McFadden was good. I always thought it's it's hard to criticize like Michael Dorn and Brent Spiner because like I can't even think of themselves outside of those performances. Sure, sure. Um, and I I don't know like maybe you're. Uh, I've always admired Jonathan Frakes. I always thought he's a cool dude. Yes, um, yeah, he's great. Uh, I've been falling down a hole of him telling all these great stories about like you know. Uh, cause there's just, just tons like the, these guys make so many con appearances and they have all these different stories and stuff they tell. And, you know, he's going to become a really good director, prolific, mm-hmm. prolific director. Um, uh, I, I guess I was just really proud of all these guys. Uh, you know, yeah. they come back, they haven't lost a stop. They look great. They effortlessly embodied their roles. They knew they understood the assignment. I think they went a little too ham on Worf's comedy factor, but <laughs> that didn't even really destroy it. So yeah. Uh, yeah. kudos i i was high i didn't think they could make this season i honestly didn't even with even with uh the relatively good strange new worlds i didn't think they could do it and they did it so mm-hmm. there you go um picard at baldmove.com is no longer going to be an email that's used we'll probably come up with another one for strange new worlds uh but i just want to reiterate that we are going to come back in june that's only about six weeks away uh, to take on Star Trek Strange New Worlds. You got plenty of time to catch up. Just two episodes a week will get you caught up before the series uh, premieres for season two. I highly encourage you to do that. Um, but otherwise, yeah, we're still having fun with the... Speaking of uh, being on Paramount Plus, Yellow Jackets. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a cheap... It's like, it's like what is it, a dollar a month to add Showtime to your Paramount Plus subscription? Yeah. It's insane. And cheap. Uh, it, I, I think Yellow Jackets is a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun with it. Um, but yeah, hope that you see you guys for Star Trek Strange New Worlds in just a couple weeks. Uh, we'll be signing off, and then it also this, this is the feed that like we happen on. We're going to repurpose mm-hmm. the Picard feed, the Picard Maneuver feed, into the Strange New Worlds feed. Uh, we'll give it a new name, we'll probably have a new cover art, and all that stuff. But you can just stay right here and enjoy it. What a deal! Um, but yeah, I hope you guys make that continuing voyage with us. Uh, or you find us some other point in the galaxy, Alpha Quadrant, Gamma Quadrant, Delta, wherever. Uh, but until that time, I am your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. Live long and prosper. <laughs>